here's here's no here's here's anyway now we're recording now easy Easy, easy oh my gosh, we had a we had a blip in technology. In system and <laughs> it happens. I was gonna tell you what's going overhead and, and probably Corey sent some weird, you know, Wi-Fi buzz over here to crash my <laughs> it's the NSA. So, just want to say a quick welcome back to me because I lost got lost <laughs> to the in the Corey zone. We're gonna call that today since it's uh, in the Corey uh, legal zone. Our clips for sale. So anyway, we'll continue where we were uh, going. And go ahead, Corey. You can explain about Chantel. Just give us a little prefix. Of what well, I'd like. I'd, I'd like to thank you for joining us again, Neil. It really, you know, <laughs> it's really good to see that, that clips for sale technology and uh, you know satellites all around the world are working in sync. It, it's good. So 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 Sarah, to Sarah, catch us back up, what we were talking about was the case um, White versus Square Inc., which actually Larry was explaining to us, basically saying that um, a bankruptcy attorney or a group of bankruptcy attorneys had attempted to sue Square, as in like the little Square payment processor Square, um, and because they said that uh, their terms were discriminatory against the attorneys as a protected labor class or something like that. So... And then they found that they could sue because, oh, excuse me, Larry, you're going to have to re-summarize this. <laughs> yeah. It's too complicated. Yeah. Basically, Square said, you can't sue us because you haven't signed our terms and conditions. You never actually signed up for our service. And the bankruptcy attorney said, well, I, I would have intended to do business with you, but for this discriminatory term in your terms and conditions. So I had an intent to do business with you. And that was the issue, whether or not this intent to do business with a website is enough to give you the ability to sue if their terms are discriminatory. So the California Supreme Court then said, yeah, that's enough. If you intend to do business with a website, that's enough. You don't have to form a contract. And so the case was sent back down to the trial court on that basis without ever deciding whether the bankruptcy attorneys uh, could sue for discrimination based on their, you know, their occupation or their class. So then can you explain what was the issue that happened on social media? Because a lot of people in the industry were very excited about this case and they were excited wrongly. <laughs> Why? Yeah, Tell that. Yeah. They, they, you know, a lot of people got fired up because they thought that this decision somehow gave authorization for people to be able to sue Square or payment processors based on their occupation. And, you know, that would be a big thing for the adult industry if you could sue payment processors who decided not to do business with you or banks who decided to not do business with you under some violation of California law. Uh, and so they you know, kind of misread the decision it looks like and believed that it meant more than it really does. We, the court never got to the issue of whether or not occupation was sufficient to be able to allow you to sue as a, a member of a protected class under California law. I think, why don't we start such a lawsuit and uh, this way we can do that and start going after processes and banks that do shut people down and kick you out. I think that's a good idea. They discrimination against just generalized people without giving reason, except for you broke one of our terms of service without them even telling you what that was. But anyway, that's my, that's my uh, dream of the future. Well, you know, the, the good thing here is, is, is they're doing the work for us. You know, this case is kind of plowing the, the legal ground and you yeah. know, let them get the decision out of the court. And then perhaps the adult industry could build on that once there's a decision from the California courts on that. So, but the thing with, in Corey, before we got cut off earlier, you had made some mention about um, being careful on social media about 
legal discussions, findings, et cetera? Like, what is the danger and the slippage here that you were referring to? So what happened in this case and what we've seen historically is that someone makes a posting on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, what have you, and that post just has some information in it that's just outright legally wrong. And then what happens is someone reads it, someone believes it, and then tells their friend, and their friend tells their friend and their friend. Meanwhile, no one goes back to the actual original story or to read the actual case and realize that the comment was absolutely fundamentally wrong. So what we've seen is that in the last probably week or so since this thing came out, my office has been getting these phone calls and emails at least once, twice, three times a day with people saying, hey, I want to get in on this case. Hey, I want to go sue now. And it's, it's just, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And they, once again, they cite this, this one Twitter post that's just unfortunately fundamentally wrong. Now, like Larry said a minute ago, you know, is, is there a possibility that maybe this will be something that we could use to build on later on? Yeah, sure, anything's possible. But again, all that happened here was that the California Supreme Court, and in, uh, for all intents and purposes, just said, hey, this plaintiff is entitled to their day in court. That's it. They didn't say whether they, they, they have any shot. In fact, I believe, Larry, that the justices specifically wrote that explicitly, we are not giving any opinion or t making any you know, uh, uh, decision. Yeah, they, they said they're, they're not going to decide whether or not occupation is a protected class under the California law or whether it's even a valid class action. They only decided the issue of standing. So, so again, all it is, Chantel, is, is, is that the court said, okay, guys, you got kicked out of court a little bit too early. We're going to give you guys your fair shake. And again, Which, in, you know, when you think about it from that perspective, that could be very promising. I mean, there's now, it says, hey, you get your day in court, which supposedly we all get our day in court if we need, and that just reiterates it. And so maybe there could be something in the future, but... Well, I mean, yeah, it's not, not when you not when you go against me. You go against me, you, you, you're, you're <laughs> kind of flies out there. It doesn't really happen. All right. Well, we're not talking about you, Corey. So, how interesting though? This is really kind of like a, a weird instance of like Twitter telephone, where there was a finding, and then somebody talked about it, and the next person, the next person, the next person, and each time maybe it got a little bit more uh, removed from what was actually happening probably yeah. made a lot of people excited for a second, but kind of a bummer, right? Yeah, I was getting calls from major media organizations that had heard that now that you, know, you can sue on behalf of uh, your occupation if you're discriminated against. And you know, no, again, like Corey said, nobody actually went back to read the original decision from the court. They were just looking at what somebody else said about what somebody else said on Twitter, even ma major news organizations. It, it, oh, was, it was really bad. It was, it was the finest example of a runaway headline we've had in quite some time. Isn't that just a sign of the times, though? I mean, how many times has there been, um, what was it? I think it was uh, a, a photographer in the really unfortunate, when Mercedes Carrera was arrested a few months back, and, and they missed uh, a major news outlet, um, listed her husband or her partner's name as a totally wrong person as like an industry photographer who had nothing to do with it. And it was in headline after headline after headline of mainstream news and it was completely inaccurate. It's like something like that where people don't do the due diligence and they don't check on the facts and all of a sudden it's either something really happy or something really catastrophic but totally wrong. Well, the joke was, Chantal, that when Larry and I were, because this kind of came out near the end of the day and Larry and I were talking about it and, it, and I, we were both, actually, I think we were in the car on the way home I said, I said, congratulations, Larry, you and I are the only two lawyers left in the world who can actually read. 
because evidently nobody else decided to actually read this thing and they just flew with this Twitter quote. So, but anyway, that's well, it's, probably, it's becoming more important to be first than to be right though. Right, you know, right. Everybody exactly. wants to be first with the story and you know, they don't take the time to look at the substance. Oh, I mean, that's kind of unfortunate, but let's shift gears a little bit here and think about um, another thing that has nothing to do with the adult industry. And that is Jeffrey Epstein's suicide and sex trafficking and how this has nothing to do with the industry. And yet somehow somebody will say that it does. Corey, what did you want to talk about regarding Jeffrey Epstein's suicide? The Jeff Epstein entire, I guess, I, I don't even know if we could call it story anymore because I think now we have to call it a saga. Uh, obviously, we have more news today. Go figure. You know, it, it's great that we're picking Mondays to do these things because ultimately every Monday we do it now, there's breaking news. So today, obviously, we've got news where uh, the head of the Department of Corrections has been fired, uh, all related, of course, to Jeff Epstein being found in his jail cell. Um, it apparently is a suicide by hanging. That's what it's being called right now. I mean, I guess we'll see where it goes, but that's what it is right now. But there's, there's, a, there's a huge issue to talk about here because Jeff Epstein was not an altered, he was not an adult entertainer. He had nothing to do with adult entertainer. This was a, this was a, this was an alleged pedophile slash criminal. He's a convicted pedophile, Corey. Well, well, <laughs> sex offender. well, no, he wasn't convicted because he killed, he actually, I'm not defending the guy, but he killed himself before he was convicted of anything. I thought he was on probation and he had been convicted of a separate related, or. Yeah, he was convicted of, in uh, state court in Florida. Correct. In like yeah. 2009, but not of the current charges. No, 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 no. I understand that. But I mean, we can already refer to him as a. A Correct. sick motherfucker, like straight out. <laughs> we can call him a sick motherfucker, but the state of Florida made their deal with him and they, they ultimately chose to uh, ultimately reach a plea with him that was for lesser charges, what have you. But again, and I'm not defending the guy. Like, don't get me wrong here. I'm not, I'm not in any way defending this guy. I'm just simply telling you that one of the big things, and we're going to get to that in a minute, Chantel, and this is one of the, another issue that Larry and I have been talking about considerably during the last week is how the victims in this case are really getting screwed because ultimately all these victims that wanted their day in trial, they wanted their day in court, they wanted to get in front of a jury to tell their story and talk about what this guy did to them. That chance, unfortunately, is not going to happen. He's dead. There's not going to be a trial. Um, he's not going to be convicted of these particular charges. And now we enter into an entire new realm of what happens with them in terms of civil lawsuits and, and God knows what else is going to come out. And of course, we have the, a lot of stories coming out that apparently this guy wasn't alone, that apparently there was quite a few conspirators. There were quite a few people that was in his little circle of friends. But what I don't like is that it, it's been almost like when, when some of the mainstream news covers it, they almost like try to make that insinuation that like, this is kind of like part of the scathy adult entertainment world, what have you. And this has nothing to do with it. Nothing. This is a guy that, that, that absolutely, he was a predator. He went out, he, he was looking for victims. He was looking for his own uh, gratification for him and you know potentially his co-conspiracies as it turns out. Um, but this has nothing to do with adult entertainment and adult entertainment should not uh, be in any way associated with this guy at all. Well, it's, it's the same effort that we see to conflate, you know, pornography and prostitution and sex trafficking. I mean, the, 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 all the former 
censors against adult entertainment and, uh, you know, like the morality and media folks, they're all now anti-child exploitation, anti-trafficking groups. And so they're trying to, you know, achieve the end of censorship using trafficking and prostitution as their, as their bait. And we're seeing it all the time. I mean, you know, the Department of Justice commissioned a study to try to see whether or not pornography fuels sex trafficking about a year and a half ago. And surprise, surprise, you know, the conclusion was, yes, it does. And so we're, we're seeing this, the same effort. And it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see the media conflating the Epstein story with, you know, sex trafficking and with pornography at any chance they can get. This is, I, re I recently saw something that was talking, and like recently in the last week, talking about how Google and Google search algorithms um, related to revenge porn, which is not porn as we know, but, but that whole separate issue as well, talking again, using even the nomenclature that they use conflates these crimes that are totally unrelated to adult content and adult media, but they still, like through their nomenclature, conflate all of these issues and it's it's really a trick and a problem and it, it starts getting other people these outside activists who are like oh sex trafficking revenge porn um abuse of minors and then also porn proper and they start putting it all together and that's really problematic you know one other spin that i that i, I thought was important to talk about and this is important frankly it's important to me i actually believe that the government screwed up here and the government screwed up bad and i'll tell you where my position, and this is, again, this is my personal belief, this guy was supposedly on suicide watch. This guy was supposedly a guy that was high risk. And somehow A, B, C, D, and E happened. And as it turns out, this guy was alone in his jail cell and he ends up dead. I actually, and this is, again, this is just my belief, I believe that the government has some serious explanation, excuse me, explaining that they need to do to the victims here because they had a responsibility to keep this guy at least somewhat safe up until, up until trial. And <laughs> I don't know what, I, I don't know what you would want to call, uh, you know, him trying to kill himself. And then four days later, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's back in his cell phone and now he kills himself or allegedly kills himself. You know, the, the, the government, the prosecutor, these people knew that there was a lot of victims at play here. And this is a, this is a, as far as I'm concerned, an epic failure of the system. So it's, 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 uh, there's a much bigger picture here. You know, the, the, the real killer for the victims, Corey, is that you know, they were relying on this criminal case to be able to pursue their civil cases. Right. Because how it works is you know, in civil litigation like this, if there is a prior criminal conviction, then you can use that conviction to basically prove up your case and to save you a lot of time and effort, money and expense in pursuing a, a claim against a sex trafficker. You just, you know, you introduce the conviction, and you basically have you know, most of the evidence you need to be able to get justice. Now, in the absence of any criminal conviction, each of these sex trafficking victims is going to have to prove up, you know, that they were trafficked, that this is the guy who did it, and they don't have the Department of Justice doing their work anymore. So they're now all scrambling to file civil lawsuits to be first in line to go after his assets. Yep. And, you know, it, it just it re-victimizes them and, and hurts them once again as a result of the Department of Justice not doing their job and keeping him alive. Well, sounds, sounds like a whole, uh, whole litany of issues and a lack of accurate or correct prioritizations on and on and on. It also depends, it also depends who, who you read. I mean, if you listen to the president, apparently the Clintons killed him. So, you know, it gets very, <laughs> it gets a little confusing as to, to who did what and who did to who. But, you know, Chantel, going back to the, you know, the original point of this, and, and again, 
there, there, there's, a, there's a lot that could be learned here. And again, you know, first of all, it has absolutely nothing to do with the adult entertainment industry. And I think it's shameful for anyone who tries to associate it with that. But it, like Larry just said, and Larry was spot on in his point, this was an epic failure. They had an obligation to bring this guy to trial. And <laughs> they had him in a cage by himself where supposedly he was being monitored, but yet apparently he was able to have enough uh, ability and he was, he was unsupervised enough to try to kill himself, not once, but actually then kill himself a week later. That is, um, that's, that's pretty messed up. Um, uh, just so you know, we're gonna, uh, at 9 p.m. tonight, uh, Corey's Conspiracies is gonna air on AMC. <laughs> if anybody wants to see that new show coming out, it's awesome. It wasn't the Clintons, it was the Russians. Well, you know, see, Corey actually has fuel for some of his conspiracies. We have talked on this podcast before about um, social media and their sort of um, not too secretive hatred of adult entertainers and adult entertainment. But Corey himself, through another online platform that he's familiar with, and also through his own direct experience, has fuel for this conspiracy theory. Corey, do you want to tell us a little bit about what new thing has happened in the saga of Instagram and how it's even further expanded its reaches? I'm actually very excited about this one. But before I, I jump into that, I just want to point out Eve Patel made an extremely great point in the chat window. For those of you who haven't clicked on the chat window, uh, Eve, may, Eve I, I agree with your point um, about the overstepping. And that goes back to the topic we were, we were on before, but absolutely amazing point, Eve. Um, but going back to, to what Chantel said, so very interesting uh, week. I, I've actually, I, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Snapchat and all these other different social media. You're platforms. on Snapchat? I am on Snapchat. If you I have no idea. Yep, you don't my, have a TikTok channel yet? <laughs> what about cake? Come on. <laughs> Unfortunately, the only thing that my, my Snapchat channel is, it's just a, it's a bunch of Jewish lawyers dancing around with gold chains. <laughs> no none of that but so all right so here so here's something so this week though because of actually a case that i got involved in i needed access to instagram uh this actually was two weeks ago now and i needed access to instagram because i needed to get more than just what you can view without having a profile so so chantelle who's my quasi social media guru slash uh what do you want to call it? Like Leader. Monk. Like what's the, no, it's gotta be more like spiritual than that. But wow. social, social Shaman. Yeah, that's good. That, that's actually pretty good. So I asked Chantel to help me out because I really didn't, uh, I, was, I, I wasn't up to date enough with, with how to get everything going with uh, Instagram. And so Chantel went online with me and we started filling out my account and guess what? Uh, we tried to, as, as you guys know, I go by my adult attorney. That's my website name. Uh, it's what I use uh, on Twitter. It's what I've been using for the last 15 years in the adult entertainment industry. Uh, Instagram did not like the words adult attorney, and I have been banned, <laughs> me, by, I've been banned by Instagram. Now, I'm not, exactly, I'm not exactly sure what it is about the words my adult that, that did it, but I was, I was on the phone with Chantel. We took screenshots of it. And we, both of us, we, we really couldn't believe it. I asked around with some of my other friends in social media, and they told me that this is actually, uh, this is escalating. Uh, Instagram is, is, I don't know what you want to call it, whether you want to call it black word, 
banning or whatever terminology they're using, but ultimately Instagram has gotten extremely aggressive and they have made it very clear that they do not want us. And when I say us, I mean members of the adult entertainment industry. I think it's absurd that Instagram uh, wanted to silence me of anybody of free speech. It's just, it's incredible to have a, a, pla a social platform saying we don't want to hear from a free speech lawyer. So that's kind of interesting, but they didn't like my name. So, uh, so I am not on Instagram and I'm not going to be on Instagram because I intend by my, me boycott my, excuse me, by me boycotting Instagram, Instagram's going to fail now. I'm going to be the profile that they let go that just takes them down. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be what happened. But isn't this, isn't the idea of, um, cause what we were discussing was the idea of Corey, as much as we all want your Snapchat or your, excuse me, your fan centro uh, name, as much as we all want that and we know how profitable those accounts are for you, <laughs> just kidding. Um, the, the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is that the content that you create for the adult industry or via your work is 100% uh, safe for work, non-sexual, et cetera, et cetera. So the idea of the, the banning immediately before the account even is started, um, doesn't it sort of indicate both the, the terms that they're looking for? So maybe something with my adult or adult attorney, flagged something over there at Instagram, but then also the idea too that within the community of adult entertainment, you don't even have to be a content creator, performer, or a model, that just being sort of an ancillary service provider, an attorney, you could be, I mean, I wonder how soon it's going to be before many of the industry makeup artists or publicists start getting their accounts banned as well. Does this seem like something that could be happening? I mean, well, if they can do it to you, why can't they do it to other non- I'm performer members of the community. I'm concerned about the makeup artists because if we lose the makeup artists, I don't know how Neil's going to survive. So that, you know, that's pretty much going to be the end of his business. Right. Not... I was in makeup for like an hour. So <laughs> really, you might want to head back to that chair. <laughs> I better go back. Okay. But, but, you know, if, if they can do it to Corey, they, they could do it to me and they have done it to me. I uh, didn't know. Six, six months ago, I lost my Facebook advertising account. Uh, on Facebook and uh, Facebook and Instagram are owned by the same company. And what the, the result of that was uh, merely by posting legal articles, uh, if something interesting came out affecting the adult entertainment industry on XBiz or ABN or something, uh, we would circulate it and, and put it on our, our promoted links. And uh, a couple of times and sending out legal articles related to the adult entertainment industry resulted in a termination of our advertising accounts. So, I mean, it just shows you how irrational the decision making is it has nothing to do with you know whether you're distributing adult content. It just has something to do with an algorithm or getting triggered by a keyword, and and people having nothing to do with sexually explicit media uh, itself are getting banned if you're on the periphery in some way. Yeah, the you know what Larry just said is it's almost concerning, Chantal, because again, Larry's content like mine is we we write articles we we discuss legal issues, we analyze cases and decisions that come out from various courts. And for whatever reason it is, we're being silenced. Why? Because Larry and I have an association with adult entertainment. Now, you know, I'm not sure what sort of videos Larry was doing in the 50s and the 60s, but me personally, I, I you know, I never got in front of the camera. But, you know, not but, until now, not until uh, now. You know, but, but, you know, where things get really messed up, and, and this is where I, I have a serious problem with this, because, again, if you, if you go back to these guys, you know, you, you read about, like, the Mark, Mark Zuckerbergs, and you read about the quotes and the books and, and everything that they talk about, how they want the world to be 
information free, meaning they want the freedom of information exchange. You know, that's what they want. But the way I view it, when I see things like this happening, I see that speech is being restricted, 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 more confined. Now, I'm not suggesting that people don't post stuff online that's ugly and nasty and I don't want to see it because there's plenty of stuff like that. I, I don't want to see everything that people post. But it doesn't mean that I don't believe that people have a right to talk about their ideas, talk about what their thoughts are. I think that that's a very dangerous thing to get into. And, and my fear is when I, when I hear things like Larry getting you know kicked off Facebook, when I'm apparently uh, Instagram enemy number one, and then of course, Chantel, we have our newest example where uh, last week I was notified that a, uh, a service provider, we're gonna keep them nameless because they've asked that they remain nameless right now because there actually could be something coming out of this one. Uh, I've been hired to, to investigate a very uh, disturbing event with Facebook. And we're, it's very early on and we're, we just started looking into it. And I can tell you that uh, we do have some plans to, to approach Facebook about this one because in this particular case, we have a uh, service provider that really it had absolutely nothing to do, but it was so loosely down the chain, down the line, down the line, down the line related to some adult entity somewhere. And this particular service provider got, uh, has now been uh, banned on Facebook. So we are, uh, we're, we're looking into it seriously and it's gonna be an interesting case to follow. But it continues to disturb me because, you know, we're hearing about this more and more and more that, that people on, uh, you know, adult performers are, they want to be out there. They want to be able to communicate with their fans, with their members, what have you. But the largest social media services are stopping them from doing that. And, and I'm just, that, that is not, that, that's not what I signed up for. I signed up for this job to stop that sort of restriction on speech. And I know Larry, the first amendment.com, you know, you can't, you know, it's ridiculous. And, and when you start silencing people, um, it's the wrong way to go. And it's, it's getting worse. Well, but it's, see, it's here's, here's my question with all of this. Is, is, is this even worth worrying about? So I see over in the chat that Darius, you know, of course, always thinking, he talks about, or he's talking about loyal fans. And Corey, loyal fans needs to be your new place to be. He says something like that. Loyal fans is obviously a platform that the family at Clips for Sale is involved with. And it's a whole other social media space for people to use and utilize that is not going to go the way of discriminating against the community. So it's just interesting to think about that. There's all of these other opportunities out there. There's all of these other spaces where people can go, where they can connect with their fans, where they can connect with their community, they can create content, they can make money. Um, places like loyal fans that are awesome. Why do we even care about Facebook anymore? Why do we even care about Instagram anymore? They're jerks. <laughs> Why? I mean, is it, it's just principle or is there, is there possibility? You know, unfortunately, they are basically the most, one of the, in the top five, I believe, most visited sites. Uh, on Earth, I know. On the planet. And so as long as that continues, people know that there's an audience there. And when you have an audience, that's where people want to go, whether it be to, you know, show off what they got going on in their lives, whether they want to, you know, announce their birthday, whether they, you know, like Raquel is doing over there. I, I think she's singing and putting on makeup. Think. I'm not exactly sure what's happening <laughs> over there. If that's what she wants to do, that's her business. And, and people have, have the right to be able to go and, and do that. And, you know, 
platforms like like loyal fans that, that we're seeing being built out have just some incredible possibilities. And I agree with you that, you know, these are platforms where a lot of people are going to go. But the fact remains, as far as I'm concerned, that if if Larry Walters can't give his opinion on Facebook about a case because, you know, Facebook doesn't want to hear from him because they don't like his, what his advertisements are, are related to, or if Instagram doesn't want to allow me to discuss the latest California Supreme Court decision because it had something loosely to do with a comment someone in the adult entertainment industry made. I mean, it, you know, it gets more dangerous and dangerous, Chantel, because that means that the major, the, the biggest audiences where I have the biggest ability to, to voice what I want to say is saying to me, no, we really don't want to hear what you have to say. Now, do I think some person like out there, like physically was at his computer and said, oh, hey, there's Corey Silverstein and Larry Walters. Let's shut them up. No, I don't. They might. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, well, eh, well, I don't know. It depends. Uh, oh, now I get it. That was a joke. Okay. So, <laughs> so but no, the algorithms that these, that these platforms are using are extremely complex. Um, I am 110% sure that they have lists of banned words, that they have lists of words, uh, that they look at your website. I 100% believe that. And again, you're being basically before you even say anything. Look, look what we tried to do, Chantel. They said no to me because they didn't like my name. They didn't like the name adult attorney. That could have been anything. How did they know that adult attorney wasn't, uh, I'm not an attorney for uh 90 year old uh, senior citizens or something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, You're I, an I think attorney. It, it's, it's worth mentioning that, you know, this is not a First Amendment issue. We're Correct. not saying that you have a First Amendment right to be able to say what you want on Instagram or Facebook. And these aren't government actors. And, you know, you got to question all right, what is the remedy for this? You certainly don't want the government dictating what these platforms have to do and the, the, the speech that should be allowed on these platforms, because then you get into a very dangerous ground of the government you know, mandating speech or forcing platform providers to carry certain types of speech that they don't want to carry. So, I mean, it, it's a free speech issue. It's not a First Amendment issue. And from that standpoint, you know, these, these large platforms have, have named themselves, have labeled themselves as free speech friendly, as you know, playgrounds for the dissemination of speech. And, and that is their principles. And the problem is they're not honoring their own principles. And we just saw in a, in a lawsuit filed against YouTube last week, uh, that very theory being brought, uh, that is essentially a breach of their contract, a breach of their covenants and, and warranties that they made with the public by saying, hey, this is, this is a place for dissemination of speech, for, for freedom and creativity. And you know, once people try to do things that, that YouTube didn't like, they were shut down, they were banned. In that case, it was the LGBTQ community that was being shut down and shadow banned and deleted as a result of somebody believing that their, their mere uh, gender identity had something to do with sex. Again, it's this overreaching algorithm that, you know, just because somebody identifies as, uh, as queer or non-binary, that it has something to do with sex. And so they're shadow banned. But it's, it's this breach of, of their, their covenant to be a free speech friendly platform that is a problem, not a First Amendment issue. It's also, if you looked at the news in the last couple of years even, it's the same thing with a lot of these colleges that say we're all about free speech and then they shut down when somebody's coming to speak. They're like, no, he can't. We can all express our free speech, but he can't. 
So <laughs> but, uh, even if exactly. it's something they don't want to hear, which to me is the, the dumbest thing you could do is, is not allow someone to speak their, their free speech. And if no one shows up, then you'll see that no one cared. But if people want to hear that person talk, it's like you said, it's a free speech thing. So they should, you know, allow them to speak. Now, now Neil jumped into the First Amendment. <laughs> now he started talking about public universities is a little different than social media platforms. No, 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 I know, I know. But you know what I'm saying? Right. And you have the same problem on private universities, too. I mean, they're, they're, they're all banning speech that they don't want to hear. And it's, it's the marketplace of ideas. You know, the, the best ideas will survive and, and the worst will, will be shot down. And you have to be able to have the platform for all speech and both sides of an issue to be entertained. I, I don't feel I don't feel that we we have that <laughs> no. in, in any in any place. It's interesting the idea of considering you know not as a as a free speech issue so much as um, them not making good on their mission statement, their promise, their declaration, et cetera. And it's almost like you could call them to task for violating their own mission statement versus saying, "Oh, hey, we should all be allowed to be there." But you see that that's Chantel. What goes back to the original point I made. And that's, that's the biggest issue I have with it. Again, don't say that you're the, you're the world of, of giving out. What is, you know, I remember saying that like one of the, you know, Facebook's big missions was to make Facebook accessible like throughout the entire world, even, you know, third party nations that typically have had problems with having internet connections and, and, and so forth. But it's like, but at the same time, it's kind of like if you're going to say on one hand that, you know, we want all the information out there, we want the world to have the information, but it's good, but it's going to be the information that we're okay with the world hearing. I got a problem with that because that's where, again, you're start, you're going too far. And like Larry said, he's spot on. It's, it's, it's not a first amendment issue because these are private companies and, and they have the right to do whatever they want. If, if, you know, if, if Facebook wants to, to ban us, they can do it. You know, we, we sign up for these services. We agree to their terms of service and so be it. Do I think that's uh, ultimately smart on their part? Do I think it helps the world? No, I really don't. I, I think when you start silencing people, especially with content such as adult entertainment, I, I really, I think you're taking 10 steps backwards. I think it just, doesn't make sense to me. Well, I'm going to start my own revolution and I'm going to ban Facebook and Instagram from my own way of being. And I'm going to take all of my business over to loyal fans. There we go. So now, so, so now we're on, now we're all on loyal fans. Yes. Now, we just, now we just have to wait, now we just have to wait for Darius to get only fans up to that same level that Facebook has in traffic. So you're going to need about three and a half billion subscribers, Darius. Different, different platforms, Corey, different platforms. Speaking of differences, let's uh, move on to this next uh, very awesome nuts and bolts uh, topic that we wanted to talk about, um, which was payout percentages and how and why they are what they are across multiple platforms. Corey, what can you tell us about payout percentages, transparency, what people should be looking for, how people can best navigate and understand these, especially across multiple platforms? Okay. What do you got? It's a great question and, and it's a really good topic. So one of the biggest things that I always tell people, and this goes for both every model, entertainer, whether you're starting, whether you're halfway through your career, whether you're at the end of the, your career, wherever you are, before you sign up for any platform, I know it sucks that you have to read a lot of the lingual jingo that's on these sites, especially since I wrote a lot of it and I know Larry wrote a lot of it too. <laughs> now, I know it's not the most exciting thing in the world and frankly, I'm, I'm sure you'd rather be like, 
watching something better than reading what I have to say in legalese. But ultimately, the terms and conditions on the website, when you sign up for these websites, actually have the information that, that, that you do need. And it's important that, that you do read them. But with payout percentages, there, there, there's a lot of people that, that, you know, they say, okay, well, you know, why is it? I, I think, you know, nowadays there, there's a lot of 80-20 splits, a lot of 7-30 splits. And so what, first of all, what people have to understand, number one, is when you're going into a platform, if you have a question about what your payout structure is going to be, if you have a question about what your commission is going to be, you can always, always, always send an email to the platform and say to them, hey, here's what my understanding is of what my payout is going to be. Can you please confirm it? Make sure that there's an absolute meeting of the minds between you and the platform so that everybody knows specifically what your payout is going to be. The other big issue that we see, Chantel, is that when a performer ultimately gets their payout, they're like, okay, I got, you know, I was supposed to get 80%. Um, and uh, as I do my math here, um, you know, it ends up that apparently it was a couple bucks bucks less. Oftentimes, and actually on most occasions, uh, uh, platforms have different fees that they have to pay. Those include refund fees, chargeback fees, processing fees. And those fees are typically deducted from the uh, total revenue that comes in before it gets paid out to the performer. And so we see a lot of performers who, who oftentimes don't completely understand that. And so it, it leads to a lot of billing disputes that are quite candidly unnecessary. Platforms, believe it or not, uh, for all of our, our entertainers out there, I, I know Neil already knows this, are actually extremely expensive to run. Web hosting, maintenance, design work, coding, uh, uh, GUI development, and, and the list goes on and on and on, is insanely expensive. I know my friend Darius is here today. I know he's, I, I know he's listening. Darius is probably one of the, the best web developers I've, uh, quite frankly, ever come across, and I've seen how hard he works on it. And so when people say, okay, so the platform's keeping 20%, remember that if it wasn't for that 20%, the platform wouldn't exist. That 20% has to be there so that the Dariuses, Neils, and everybody else can actually give the models this spectacular technology that the models have to broadcast themselves. Um, I'm sure I, I could go on and on talking about the cost of bandwidth and hosting and so forth and how expensive it is to have, you know, constant streaming going on. But, but you know, for the purposes of, of what we're talking about today, Chantel, the big lesson here, again, is that I think it's always important that models have clarity before you go to the platform. And the other thing you can always do is you can always ask other people. You can always ask other people, hey, what's your experience with this particular platform? What's your experience with this particular platform? When they say that a model is going to get 80%, is she getting 80% or is she really, you know, getting 40%? Um, ultimately, I can't speak for every platform out there. I represent a nice handful of them. And I can tell you that the ones I know and I work with uh, do a fantastic job working with their models, taking care of the models and doing what they're supposed to do. Now, does that mean, though, that every single platform out there is doing the right thing and behaving? No. Absolutely not. There's platforms out there that, that, that I'm sure they do cut corners. I'm sure they do things that they shouldn't be doing, and I'm sure they take advantage. And those are the platforms that people should not be working with. So um, it's important, Chantel, again, that, 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 people, that, that performers talk amongst themselves so that they can talk about their experiences with platforms. But again, more importantly, they need to know. They need to know right from the beginning. 
what am I being paid? What's my percent being paid? What's coming out? Is there any sort of holdback? Is there any sort of, you know, anything? Get those fees clear. What sort of um, documentation, disclosures, um, and that sort of thing? So do platforms have to keep? So if you are a currently active performer with a platform and you want to see, well, how do they calculate this? You know, I want to see where the chargeback is. I want to see how, why, why these minutes are an 80% payout, but down here they're 60. Was there an affiliate cut? Like, what is that? Can a model or performer ask to, you know, basically kind of audit those records in any way, shape or form? Is there any mandate? Um, what kind of language would they use to ask for something like that? How can people ask these questions? Because I'm thinking of two things that I've been hearing a lot about recently, especially at trade shows. The first is that um, people don't even know where to look, like if they were trying to find terms of service or something on a website before they even signed up. There's no chart. There's no very simple thing that says you're going to get this. And then also, the next thing I'm hearing is a, a lack of communication, meaning somebody's asking, hey, I want to know why this is this number versus the number I was expecting, and they're not really getting a good back and forth. So what can people do, um, what's within their rights, and what are platforms supposed to be providing in those terms? So let me take it back, because you asked about... 15 uh, questions, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I would say, I'd say more like 19. Sorry. <laughs> but, so let, let's start with the most basic thing, okay? The relationship, the contractual relationship that exists between a performer and mm -hmm. platform is all going to come down to what's in the contract that the performer signed. And so the contract, a good one, will be very transparent in terms of, okay, here's what you're being paid. Here's what the definition of, of net revenue is. Here's what the definition of your commission is going to be, et cetera. Your second question in terms of communication, typically the better platforms. Now, remember this, there are far more adult performers than one particular uh, platform has employees and representatives. So is it, is it completely feasible that, you know, there's platforms out there that can answer, you know, uh, complex accounting questions in two seconds? No, most likely not. But what I can tell you is that if you approach a company through their affiliate manager, their model manager, through whatever, and you approach them in a manner that is polite, that is professional, and you say, hey, I'm so-and-so, just got my payment, I got a couple questions, and break those questions down into simple questions. What we typically see, though, unfortunately, is that instead of people taking that approach, a lot of people get angry. And I understand that. It's their money, they wanna get paid, and models, and performers are, are they are entitled to every cent of what they're entitled to. But when a performer starts off by saying to the, uh, the platform, you're a scam, uh, I'm gonna expose you, I'm gonna sue you, just making a thousand different threats or, or going crazy, that usually doesn't accomplish anything because then just by protocol, what the platform typically does, the platform will send off that email to Larry or myself because they mentioned legal or they mentioned what have you. And then, you know, now you're already 12 steps removed. But if you approach the platform in a manner that you say, listen, here's what my issues are. Here's where I'm concerned. Can you please explain this to me? I think that you would, you would be surprised that, that more times than not, you'll get the answers to your questions. But if you go to Reddit instead, and instead of, and just say, Hey, you know, uh, I'm, reaching out to this site via Reddit, 
and uh, I'm going to trash, put a 12 page trashing of them. And at the end of it say, okay, now can I please have my money? It's probably not going to go very well for the performer. And that's not the way to go. And, and again, the, the website, the good platforms out there, they actually do make it very clear on the websites how to contact the appropriate uh, people to discuss commissions and accounting issues. And yeah, not- I mean, also you have to remember, we, we, we try to stress to everybody too that social media is not customer support. That's just a place where you're going to go vent and not get a problem resolved. So you're always better to email the, the platform directly. Uh, fortunately for Clips for Sale, <clears throat> excuse me, you can call me directly if you ever had some sort of issue that you can't get resolved. I'm always available for you just to call me and say, hey, I got stuck. I get a lot of calls all the time and emails like, hey, my payout didn't go through. I think I has the wrong account number. So instead of going and freaking out and saying, Neil stole my money, just contact us. And it's like, oh, okay, we see where the problem was. It's fixed. It takes two seconds. Usually you get your problem resolved very quickly and you just have to be, you know, straightforward with one another instead of just, you know, going yeah, my, ballistic. You're spot on, Neil. And, and we're actually, we're lucky this week because my, my, my friend Chris from Paxum is actually here live, which means he must have like, you know, not gone out drinking last night or something that nature. <laughs> but, but Chris is here. And, you know, one thing I can tell you is through the experience that, that, that I've seen working, working with Chris is that, again, ultimately payment solutions like Paxum are very eager to make their customers happy. They want happy people. But if you don't communicate with them and instead you just go off and, you know, put a wild posting on social media or something of that nature, that's not exactly going to be the, the proper way to, to get the results. But you'll find that, that, that payment processors like Paxum and, and, and platforms, they, they want happy models. They want happy customers because the opposite of that is, you know, what you end up with is, no models. So it's, it's you know, there, there, there's, there's a reason why historically in this business we have seen, and you know, Larry, you know, Larry's closer to you in age, Neil, than, than I am. So, you know, you, you fellas, when you guys were back in, in the internet, when you had to like crank your server by hand to give a powder or power, excuse or me. Or use the punch cards. Or use the, use the, use the punch cards to, to whatever the hell they were losing. You know, you guys have seen that historically these platforms over time have failed. And the reason why they failed is because they decide to, to engage in tactics that are dishonest or inappropriate, what have you. Meanwhile, on the flip side, you have products like Clips for Sale that obviously has, has been around since the, you know, arguably they are the original Clip site. And you don't find people complaining because like Neil said a second ago, you can call Neil day or night and have phone sex with him at four o'clock in the morning. That's really cool, Neil. Everybody really enjoys that. But, you know, there's, I hope so. There's a, there's, there's what, was your, what was your number, Neil? <laughs> it's on the bottom of the website, Larry. Oh, Come on. You get a lot of calls, bro. <laughs> Listen, I put a lot of effort into those calls, and I give my 100% no matter what it is, just so you know. 100%, huh, Neil? 100%. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing pants during this webinar, just out of curiosity? Um. I will not disclose that information. Not disclose. That's for the that's for the uh, post show interview. No, I, you, know, you know, just on another point of that, and and like I, I started off with, and I'm going to kind of see if Larry agrees with me or not because we spend a lot of time. I don't, you know, I I understand again reading this legally stuff isn't fun, but we spend a lot of time writing these things, and one thing that we've noticed, uh, especially in the last couple of years, 
courts across the country, the FTC have all made it clear that they want transparency in their terms. They don't want, you know, terms so unreadable that, you know, it really would take a team of, of physicists, astronauts, and the greatest legal minds ever to understand it. So, I mean, I, Larry, I'll see if you agree with me, but I, you know, I, for one, I've been striving for my clients to, we've been trying to write terms so that they're more readable, more transparent, and so that there is less confusion. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're dealing primarily with consumers when you're drafting user terms, and the FTC has said that, you know, that certain terms have to be conspicuous or they have to be understandable. And, you know, it's, it's essential to form that meaning of the minds between the user and the, uh, the website operator. So, yeah, I think that is uh, what everybody should strive to do. And you should have summaries, you know, as far as the, the payouts and the percentages, that should not only be buried in the, the legal terms, it should be, you know, clearly disclosed on the sign-up page and, you know, something beyond just uh, legalese in paragraph 43 of the user terms. There should be a chart. I think there should be a chart that, that there should say like this and then here it is or like a tree of some sort that shows where the percentages are supposedly going. Something that is like the most clearly defined. And then if it shifts, then, then that's okay too, but that should be there as well. And I, I hope that what y'all are talking about right now, that people are getting more inclined to have these very well done contracts, but that are also rendered in plain language. Because I mean, I just, you know, going back to that white versus square thing that we were talking about earlier, I am not dumb. And I was reading that and I'm like, I don't understand what this says. I think, I think, that's, so, actually, I think that's why the federal court asked the California Supreme Court for help. I'm, I'm not sure anyone over there could believe it. So it's, it's interesting, this theme that it seems like we kind of um, accidentally but totally fell upon, which is, you know, clarity and disclosure. And, and if you don't understand something, it's totally okay to reach out. Or if something's not clear or seems suspicious, it's totally okay to reach out and getting that, you know, understanding, meeting of the minds, getting on the same page, be it about, about you know, understanding a news story or understanding the terms of a contract. Like that's really kind of the crux of what we've been talking about here today, which is really interesting that it all sort of came together like that. You know, you just, and also Chantel, just to mention about a minute ago, you said y'all. You know, sometimes I switch back and forth. Sometimes I'm like y'all, sometimes I'm like you guys. I don't know. Southern California, Texas. I don't know, man. I've only lived in two states, so I speak those dialects. <laughs> I don't know what that y'all is all about, but I think she was implying to all of you fine individuals. <laughs> and Come on down to Florida. We'll show you what y'all means. Y'all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you guys, I think we're close to our hour. So unless anybody has any closing thoughts. I always have my closing thoughts. I know you do. I was opening the door for you, Corey. Larry's <laughs> closing final thought. Wait, are you closing with your final thought this week, or do I get to close with the final thought this week? Neil always gets to close, Corey. Neil is the boss and the leader the of this ship. The He's the closer. All right. He's a closer. Yeah, he always Neil always finishes the job. All right. <laughs> That's what oh. they tell me on that one eight hundred line that people call me on. I thought you said it was your cell phone, man. Now it's a one eight hundred. It redirects to my cell phone. Uh, Kane, asking you about, uh, so real quick, to answer uh, Kane's question about the trademark and copyright talk, this is something that Chantel, uh, Larry, and I are, are talking about. Uh, it is probably going to either be the next uh, one we do or the one after that. Uh, so it'll be one of the two. And as soon as Chantel 
works out the dates, we'll let you guys know. Uh, just a couple of quick things. Uh, one, of course, I, I, I did want to thank Larry for taking the time to, to, to join us today. Uh, for those you who don't know, Larry and I are of counsel to each other's firms. We do a lot of work together. Uh, Larry is, is one of my closest friends in the world, and it's an absolute uh, pleasure and honor to have him here with us today. So, Larry, of course, thank you for being here. Um, Happy to do it. Thank you. One great thing that we've been having, guys, and, and I, really, I really hope you guys will keep doing this, please keep sending me emails and comments about uh, what you thought of today's show. If you thought it sucked, tell us that it sucked. If there's some other topic it, like, like Kane just asked about that you guys want to talk about, please ask us. Uh, you know, from the first time that, that Neil and I decided we were going to do this to where we are now, it's really been incredible. The, the amount of emails and social media comments I get, I really appreciate it especially when Sarah sends me little hearts with little like things through and everything. I absolutely love that. But uh, always remember guys, you can always reach out to me. Uh, if you want to get me on Twitter, it's my adult attorney. Uh, if you want to email me, I'll, I'll drop my email in here. All clips for sale. Uh, customers, models, users, what have you. We offer a very, uh, it's something that Neil and I worked out. We always give special pricing to clips for sale uh, users. Uh, store owners, et cetera. So please don't be afraid to reach out anytime I can help out. Otherwise, thanks Chantal. And I'm looking forward to what Neil and his fake orange tan uh, want to close out with. <laughs> Why? I don't even have a tan. <laughs> you're looking kind of orange today, man. Are you sure? That's, hey, look, that, that's the makeup lady. <laughs> yeah. is, is that glitter on your face? Was Sarah just in there? What's going on? <laughs> no, it was, uh, I can't explain the glitter, but <laughs> After the, next, the next webinar will bring in uh, the glitter thing. So uh, just wanted to, just to say thanks again, of course, to Corey, Dr. Chantal, Larry for um, coming in and doing this for, for Clips for Sale and uh, making this, again, one of the sites that is changing the world, I guess you could say, because we're doing things that no one else is doing and bringing you these things that are so much needed in our industry and the straight talk between all of us and the transparency that we all share together is um, it just doesn't happen. So this is great that we could all do this and, um, and have fun doing it at the same time because I enjoy doing this, even though I <laughs> look like it, but I do. And I just want to make sure that all y'all out there had a good time, had fun. And of course, always submit questions. I think Sarah put in there a link to, where to uh, submit questions to if you need to. Um, of course, anyone could always contact me directly. Um, Corey's giving a 70% off this month. Oh, that's next month. My bad. That's Larry at first. Corey, I need my dog amendment to my will updated. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. It's so inexpensive. <laughs> the smallest legal questions and things, send them right to Corey. He will give you that monster discount that everyone's been waiting for. Uh, but anyway, I'm just kidding about that. Corey will not give it. He's very cheap, and he will not give anyone a deal. No, he will. No, Corey's a good guy. Uh, That's the guy that spent his, call, his kid's college fund on a gold medallion. But all right. Uh, sometimes, you know, priorities have to be taken. Oh, <laughs> you got a, a big ring on today, too. That's my wedding ring. You like that. Okay. Like anyway, not the ring, but I, mean, I wear this when I'm on the phone sex calls just to remind me of what's going on. You got to stay focused, Neil. You got to stay focused. focused. Yeah, sorry about it. It's, it's Corey's fault. You know, he always screws up everything for me. 
No, I mean focused on the call. Like you got to be on the phone. Oh, right. I'm on the phone. Right. I'm focused. Right. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, thanks again for everybody. And until what is the next? Do we know when the next one is, Chantel? Do you have we the do, date? But I don't have the date right in front of me. So I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you don't? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Then maybe I could actually Wait. be used to this. And uh, I'm going to. I'm going to tell you, you what it is. I bet you Sarah knows. September, September 23rd at 4 p.m. is Yes. The Thank, Thank you. God. That's me... the next clip zone with uh, Corey Silverstein. And, of course, whether Lawrence Walters is going to join in or not, I'm sure he will. And uh, until I'll we... be happy to. Great. Until we uh, see each other again at that time, I just want to say goodbye to everybody. Thanks again for everyone coming. And peace out. Bye, y'all. See ya. Bye, y'all.